coming to you from beneath Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Earth. The Grave Talk. <laughs> At the end of the day, rich motherfuckers are gonna be rich motherfuckers. The cops will not, the cops will not, the cops, the cops will not do the right thing, but they'll do the white thing. Right thing, white thing. Right, white, right, white, 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 white thing. Rich motherfuckers are gonna be rich motherfuckers. Most people are not Jesus. 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 Because you're dumb. You're dumb. Dumb. Whatever. like something that kind of always gets on my mind because like i think sometimes i waste too much time doing it but like i don't think just being like an oaf is the answer but just recycling infrastructure and then just like i was thinking about that fucking condo that collapsed just fucking wild okay maybe elaborate a little on on what you mean by so like with recycling per se um you know that's one of those things that like I think needs to be enforced and not like, yes, there's places like say Oregon that like enforces it with fines for all residents. And so they, they're pretty good. But if you don't force businesses to either change up the way they produce goods or, you know, make them pay the cost, you know, for the obvious um, detriment they're doing to the environment. So, so that that's what, uh, when you immediately said that, I was thinking like, you know, immediately to like gas taxes where in, in order to like sort of get pe- get less carbon emissions, you basically put the burden on regular working class people, which yeah. in the end doesn't, in the end doesn't lower emissions. It, I mean, it does lower emissions, but it's marginal compared to like the overall because the huge emitters are like, you know, corporations, uh, you know, animal feedlots, et cetera, et cetera, right? go down yes. the list it's not necessarily cars and gridlock traffic and that's not to say th- those aren't emitting but you know when we're it, it, we're looking at scales here so with, yes. the re- with the recycling like finding just the regular people although you know it would have an effect obviously it's definitely not gonna fix the problem and it doesn't work like this as much anymore but like the way the mob used to run the garbage business back in the day where like they uh, the mob used to have lots of boats just consistently driving back and forth along the east coast because it was cheaper to just consistently ship it back and forth than to pay somebody or dump it in some landfill but they but they could do that because they were able to get government contracts as like the waste management company well what were they shipping back and forth just the trash yeah, literally just having trash on barges that were just driving back and forth because it was cheaper to just consistently drive it back and forth oh, because you could you, you could write off all the gas expenses and that. And then back then, gas was like a penny, you know, the, a the barge, barrel. The barge was the landfill. Yes. Um, well, so, so re- recycling as an idea, I think, like, I, I feel like, the idea of recycling is well intentioned, but it seems to me like it's one of those like 
some things you can pay for on the front end and some things you can pay for on the back end. And it's always more expensive when you're paying for it on the back end. And yes, in this respect, I don't even need, we don't even need to have expensive mean dollars, but like clean, cleaning up and recycling. Is that one of those things where you're attacking the problem in the wrong way? Where I guess what I'm getting at is like, why even have the good that needs to be recycled? Of course, there's going to be stuff that. Well, and here, 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 here's a way I'd like to think about it. Sometimes I, you know, I actually thank dad for this because having to argue against some of his insane points challenged me to think about it a little harder. Um, but so like, say, take plastics, like there's nothing wrong with fucking plastics, particularly when you're talking in the medical industry, plastics are invaluable. They're, they're lighter, they're more durable. They're also easier to use as when you need to use things for sanitation as an actual throwaway product. Like there's an actual real societal use for plastics. But having plastic bags, having your ranch that you buy in a plastic one, you could easily have glass, which is both cleaner for you, cleaner for the environment, easier to recycle. So I think, you know, when you talk about the issue, it's like the issue isn't just no more plastics, man, plastics, or the issue isn't just get rid of oil, stop mining oil. No, oil is very valuable. And, you know, I like to go, go back that until, you know, oil really took off, the earth was being deforested way worse than it is today. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, one of the, once you got oil, you didn't. And the main reason is the only way people cooked food or had heat was they burned wood. Um, yeah. We're, I so mean, where the, we're from in New Mexico you know, was not always a desert. It was like a lush forest and it was deforested. I mean, this you know, is most like places way, in way Europe back, were a, but... Most places in Europe were a lush forest, but they got through both warfare and shipbuilding. They're completely neutered. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the, the, the point I'm trying to make instead of just, you know, rambling is that, you know, these things like plastics, when you're talking within the framework of recycling and how do we how do we get waste reduction or how do we how do we get things where at least at the end they can compost in, into, you know, and break down. Um, so that they can be reused at some point in the cycle. You know, we can't look at things as they're good and bad, but what are practical, practical well, uses okay. that aren't some. You, you, you made a good point that like, there's not, which I'm not countering any point, but your, your point of like, yeah, you can't necessarily ban plastics because there are, viable necessary uses for plastics in your example being the med the medical industry which i would wholeheartedly agree yeah. now do you need plastic you know bags at walmart do you need plastic wrappers on fucking barbie dolls or the 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 point being is i'm not saying it's a black and white issue wait 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 i'm not saying i'm not saying it's a black and white issue where you're like either or where you're like we're going to have plastic or we're not going to have plastic. I'm just saying that to try to tackle the problem from the end point, to me, you've already lost is, is sort of, yes. is sort of my point. Yes. Yes. You know, no, and I agree, but something you did bring up is, you know, that is a real conversation. Do people need like Barbie toys and maybe not Barbie specifically, maybe there's a scientific reason that little girls should play with Barbie dolls, but 
you know, the whole aspect of consumerism, and I think nothing, nothing exemplifies that more than just toys. Um, you know, and that's that right. There's part of the problem. How many, whenever we buy JD a toy, the amount of wrapping, you know, there's, there's the cardboard black box and there's the plastic and then there's all the little plastic ties. And then, then once you get that off, then there's another little plastic wrapping. They're like, they're, you got yeah. the hard plastic wrapping and then you got the bag that it came in. That's not only toys, but so, it, so is the, the problem. Okay. There, there's sort of a twofold problem here. We have the problem of materials being produced for say sectors of the economy that don't really need it right you don't really need let's just let's just take for forget the fact that like say a kid doesn't need a million toys let's just say okay does the toy that they're getting need to be all in plastic so you have that problem but then you also have the problem of our economic system to begin with that demands that we consume all this shit which then incentivizes all this cheap wrapping and you know all this other stuff right yeah. it creates whole industries so so then i guess the argument is like what's really the problem here capitalism you know and then going back to the condo i mean you know i was reading an article earlier about how some some of the um wait the condo board that, members in 2019 the condo that collapsed, collapsed. yeah yeah some of the board members on it left because they're like, you guys aren't doing anything and this is dangerous. No. Yeah. You know, at, at the least our reputations are on the line. Yeah. No, I mean that, it, that is a, you know what, actually I'm surprised about that. I was thinking about that today. I'm surprised there hasn't been any, maybe there has, and I haven't looked for it enough, but I'm surprised there hasn't been any conspiracy theories um, with that and having to do with like, because we're right in the middle of these big infrastructure talks, big infrastructure bill. And then yeah. boom, this, this goes down and it's like, cause you know how these fucking weirdos get right. Uh, every time yeah. there's a s school shooting, it's like, they're coming for your guns. I'm just surprised. There's not like a big government takeover conspiracy yeah. um, coming out of this. That's kind of a side <laughs> side point. But you know, that, that really isn't as well because you know, this did happen on the um, on the brink of that, but like not even this. I mean, just a few weeks ago, there was some some freeway bridge that collapsed. I want to yeah. say Washington D.C. I don't remember um, I don't where, remember. but I I, yeah. I remember reading about that. Yeah, and, but then with that said, Facebook and Twitter and you know all then they they got things on lockdown pretty good now. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, as far as conspiracy as far, spreading. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's certain things that like, heck, speaking of our whole argument, you know, it's it, it was a little too late for them to do it positively when they banned Trump from Twitter and Trump got kicked off of everything. But if you start taking those videos out before anyone's seen them, well, now you don't really got the backlash. And nobody's going on fucking whatever that right <laughs> fucking parlor <laughs> I think Parler folded up. Um, it did. It, it did. Is it still a thing? I mean, there's several of those things that are trying to take hold, but, um, you know, well, the problem with these, you know, use the term loosely, these grifters that these right wing grifters that are trying to create these things, the people that are, you know, the coders and stuff that are coming through to make it 
are grifting them right back, right? It's like a whole yeah. like snake eating itself, um, the grift snake eating itself. Well, and this again might be a little bit of a tangent as well, but when you when you talk about say like how are you going to do another Facebook? Because you know, regard say what you want about Zuckerberg as a product, as a platform, Facebook works about it as well as it can work. How are you going to really have something different without getting into copyright infringement? So back to like the idea of recycling. This seems to me that this uh, this conversation of recycling is more a conversation of overconsumption. Because you can't really um, disaggregate the two. Well, so, you know, speaking of Bill Gates, I, I heard this probably 20 years ago, a quote he made. And he was talking about when people talk about taxing the rich and that they're not, he's like, they're not really wanting to tax our wealth. They want to tax our consumption. But the way, look, I don't have the full quote, but the way Bill Gates spend it was like, I have more means. I should be able to consume more. But that brings up a point is the whole idea of what you're saying, overconsumption. You know, when the fact that in the United States, sure, there's some countries where this can happen. But in the United States, we have enough food probably twice over to feed every single person. And yet yeah. people go hungry. And and then the amount of food that gets wasted. Well, you know, that, that reminded me of, of like all these puff articles and pieces put out when it's like, Oh, look at Bill Gates. He wears the same sneakers that he bought two years ago. Elon oh, Musk is living oh, in his tiny that, home. For that's the one to like it, in some sort of way to try to like bring them down to regular people or they're just like your frugal billionaires. And it's like, no, these motherfuckers take private jets. These motherfuckers have goddamn like mega mansions. Like, yeah, they, you know, he has get all that. They They walk around with a full security team. Yeah, I mean, this motherfucker, Elon Musk, ha has probably a tiny home that was parked on somewhere for him to sleep for the night or something. And it's like, let's spin this. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I like seeing... I feel like a lot of people are... He, he fucked up with his whole crypto trying to um, pump the market because he I think he made a lot of his followers lose money and people are getting sour on the, the taste of Musk. The muskiness of Musk. <laughs> well, because even with that, he doesn't fucking produce anything. But getting off Elon Musk, you know, overconsumption, you're right. That's that that's probably the bigger issue than just recycling. At, at the end of the day, even if we had the same system, if we just didn't overconsume, it, it'd we probably be much more manageable. We wouldn't have the same system if we didn't overconsume. Our system requires that we overconsume for there to fair be, enough, fair enough. For there to be profit, there's only a, a couple ways you can do that. And you know, one way is you basically short your staff, basically steal their labor, or you have people like us go into debt to overconsume, and that's what's happening. Well, actually, they're doing both. I mean, overconsumption, it's it's one of those things because you know it happens at so many different levels. You know, if you talk about the generic fat fuck dad who eats everyone's food or, you know, hey. the, the, the children who do it, who do it through advertisement and, and get their parents to buy them every fucking, a little toy every time they walk into a store. Um, every time they go somewhere has to buy them something. I'm guilty of it with JD. I get them food almost everywhere we go. 
overconsumption. It's it, it, like you, you, like you were saying. Then you're you're right as far as it being part of the system because it, it's something you do subconsciously. Even even the way we wash our dishes, the way we wash like, our clothing. You, you know, know the the our economic system. What it, like what are the things that it requires? Right? I'm not going to sit here and claim to be an. I'm not an economist, but like it, this idea of like things you can keep having growth. Right, which in a yes. in a world of finite resources should just at the start tell you like, oh, that's not possible. At some point, you can't keep having growth. But the way they keep having growth is like over over consumption. Right, we're consuming stuff we don't we don't need, and the growth is just their whatever their profit. Or, or and but really, the, their growth is their exploitation of labor because at the end of the day, the, their money is just as valueless as a poor person's money or has as little value they just through their position with their money they're able to get labor to work for them in all sorts of ways it, you know the fact that like if you're if you're a certain celebrity and you go to certain restaurants they just don't charge you here's another way overconsumption is within the system i didn't even really think about this thing till now i seen this little tiktok thing where this guy had you know how a rich person can be more efficient because, you know, you might need to spend $50 on your shoes to have a shoe that lasts you three years where the poor person can only afford $10 for a pair of shoes, but he has to buy four pair in a year. And after three years, he spent, you know, three, four times as much as the rich person did on shoes. And those shoes were never as good. The rich person's feet is still dry. The poor person's feet are still wet. And now they got and, some. Now they have to also buy some fucking athlete's foot powder to go with it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Overconsumption is probably when you want to address the infrastructure because at the end of the day, you can have all these good ideas, but you have to build an infrastructure to get people to participate. You know, and so like my thing is, there definitely is a spirit of Jesus that exists, not because Jesus is an actual spirit that exists, but because there is an infrastructure of churches where everybody goes to. And when you are a member of that group, you don't just go to it on Sundays. You go to a Monday Bible study meeting. Wait, when you, you said know, there's Tuesday, a spirit of Jesus that exists, I was like, I was about to jump up like, what the fuck? Are, wait, what? No, no <laughs> but, but what I mean is there's, there's spirits, but the spirit is people. It's a group of people participating in infrastructure. And, and so how you design that infrastructure, you determine the type of spirit that exists because there, there's a spirit of frustration. People in big cities, because of the way traffic is designed, everybody's going to hit that rush hour and everybody's going to get the same feelings. They're going to end up having the same gripes. They're going to listen to the same bullshit talk radio or they're going to they're going to start fighting with their significant other on the phone who might be in another car in traffic somewhere else in the city. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I there's mean, a, but the, you know, to, to be fair and to be honest, I mean, there's, you know, I overconsume as an American and, you know, in many aspects of my life and I'm not going to sit here and try to like, act like I don't want to, um, and I mean, obviously there's stuff that I wouldn't mind giving up, but there's some stuff that I don't, that I don't want to, right? Like, you know, there's a, a lot of talk amongst leftist circles you know people basically bash suburbia right like it's a drain obviously it's a you know you got to commute but i 
personally like living in the suburbs. And, you know, just to be honest, I don't know that I, or I, I, I don't really want to move out of the suburbs. But then though, though, but then that, that's where we talk about the way the system or the way everything is designed is the suburbs are not necessarily bad, but like, you know, like, let's take, why are all these people, these corporations trying to get people to go back to work? It's not because they need people in the office to work. It's because if, if people don't go back to work and everybody works remotely, the commercial real estate business is going to go under. The commercial yeah. real estate business depends on these corporations, you know, renting out offices in big skyscrapers or wherever and having people there. And so, you know, suburbia, there's nothing wrong with it especially with our technology, there's no reason it has to be a, a drain at all because, you know, the amount of work and effort that goes into laying fiber and connecting everyone is a one-time investment with a long-term return that doesn't have a lot of back-end problems. Yeah, and, and I definitely think that, you know, obviously America doesn't have a culture of mass public transit. Um some cities do but for the most part we really don't and i think no we do not there there can be a culture of you know mass public transit that where suburbs um commuting from the suburbs is not a big deal as far as like yes you know gridlock traffic etc or fuck even if you don't get gridlock gridlock traffic sometimes finding a goddamn parking spot but you know also on the thing of the commercial real estate market it that that's also that's one thing but it's also just another like control like i'll use the example of you know companies actually would save money under a, a medicare for all system under a universal health care system a lot of these corporations yep. would save money but they wouldn't have that control over the workers right because then you'd have more autonomy as far as like i don't want to work here anymore i can just go do whatever and still get health care like i'm i'm beholden to this company because i might not have benefits at the next job where this not necessarily the same way like that but you know if you're not in in house they can't necessarily monitor monitor you as much um they are coming up with ways of doing that with all this remote work of like um when you're logged into specific systems and keeping time and basically making sure you're yep. not, you know, milking the clock. But uh, I mean, to get, to get back though, like there is that bit of control, but I, I think that has less to do with it than, you know, just the aspect of, because a lot of these big CEOs of these big companies, they they are heavily invested in the commercial real estate market. You know, I, I think getting away from, the vague, you know, mysterious undertones of control. No, these fuckers just want to make money and they have now, they they don't want to have to figure out what to do with an empty building. Well, when I said control, I wasn't um, getting like- Because they sure as heck don't want to put homeless people in there. Well, when I said control, I wasn't like trying to get conspiratorial no. and be like, I meant that exactly the same way you did. It's about making money. And the way they make money is by- basically exploiting labor and to exploit labor they need to control the laborers well yeah yeah because then when people are at home too it's it's much easier for them if they're dissatisfied to look for another job i do want to kind of put that aside because I, I think that gets a little bit off topic um, um but yeah back, back to um overconsumption infrastructure recycling 
you know, back to our infrastructure. Um, yes, our infrastructure needs to be improved because it is getting older. Um, but there's also not a real plan for how to execute that infrastructure. And, you know, putting Japan's problems aside, I was shocked to learn a couple of years ago that in Japan, they got fucking snow gutters on their freeways. Because one thing, like like the leadership in it, when the, the administration, just as a philosophy, they care more about business running than an individual's business interests. They, what they want is they don't want a single person to be delayed because of the snow. They want everybody back at work being able to contribute to business. Well, you know, I, now I if think, you're an individual rich business, per- I think there's a sort of I- irony. Well, with there's an there's an irony with um the the right wing especially when it comes to things like infrastructure because you know everybody i don't care what side of politics you're on in america can step back and be like this is a problem this needs to be fixed but how do you fix that when you think that the government should not be like involved in anything like that, right? You need to privatize everything, but it's not profitable to basically fix the infrastructure. I mean, so there's like a lot of conflicting things there that basically just stagnates the whole process. I do think that the, the, you know, maybe not recycling itself, but um, having, and and I'm, I'm missing the term, but having a, a, a system of consumption where the end product is at some point put back into the system and not just stored away waiting for some bacteria to eventually evolve and consume it. And getting back to consumption as well. Um, you know, a big part of like our roads and that is all our roads and cities, none of it is designed with vegetation in mind. And, you know, city landscapes are sometimes 15 to 20 degrees hotter than the actual temperature that like they're monitoring at like some high up point away from the city. And why is that? And and well, because when you get vegetation, it cools everything down, which then in the end, it makes everything cheaper to, to maintain temperature, particularly what are the biggest weight military budget wastes? is just on air conditioning on bases overseas. The amount of money is in the tens of millions, at least, that is spent just to keep soldiers and contractors in a comfortable environment. And you're talking, like and when I'm talking, like, in, they'll keep in, this environment pretty cool. In, like, the Middle but East. But you'll, you'll have these, yeah, like when I was in Kuwait, but, like, there's no permanent structure. Most of the buildings are, like these giant semi-permanent like tents that, you know, doesn't keep dust out for, for the life of you. And you just have these generators constantly going, operating these air conditioners. Like some of the world's military budget or some of our military budget is as much as other countries. And we're only spending that much on air conditioning. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't even need to be elaborated on really when you put it like that. It's just kind of mind-boggling to think about. I mean, there's so many things like that in military spending and just corporate spending also. But I guess the, the point I was trying to make wasn't to get on a military or corporate spending, but just that, you know, when you're talking cityscapes, a, a, a big portion of what the people have to consume that hurts the environment is 
um, temperature regulation. And it, when we're designing our infrastructure, do we are we putting all the onus of temperature regulation on every individual business owner and every individual homeowner, or are we going to just regulate it and set standards in building and practices? I, I think part of the problem you know, with like trying to think about like redesigns of cities is like the way cities are is it's been it's like a design on top of design on top of design so it's not necessarily the fault of the engineer or architect that you know came through you know 15 designs later and is trying to like hodgepodge some shit together right that's why there's like you know most cities are not on like grid systems etc right like you have winding fucking roads that are like who designed this well many people right and it's just like connecting yeah. a bunch of legacy shit together and it and like basically like i don't know if there's a way to fix that without tearing everything down or or um you know but but, but see so then that that's a great point and i think that's a point where people say that and that almost stops the conversation but that's probably the more important conversation is that probably is the answer is there has to be a plan of how do you tear everything down and rebuild it up and and do it in waves but at that point you would then you would then solve the problem of employing everybody you would find work for everybody but um, see here's the problem now, here's the problem right because when you're trying to sell that especially to these anti-government people you're you know the government doesn't create jobs supposedly in their minds so just because this person is employed by the government it's like this weird mental gymnastics they're doing in their head where it's like the government's not a job creator but if like basically there's an infrastructure plan that hires a bunch of people that's still somehow not a job i don't really know how it works in their mind but somehow it does but also the idea of like tearing everything down and redoing it in our current economic system for one that's not profitable and um i mean that's probably the bigger sort of pool that would well but well here's here's a conversation that doesn't really get brought up but i think needs to be said is global warming regardless of what you feel on it no matter what we do unless your goal is to exterminate a whole bunch of people there is no way to reduce consumption in our world right now to stop any of these doomsday scenarios I think the real solution is to accept our cities are going to flood and we're going to have to relocate. And we might as well start talking about it now instead of instead of holding on to this pipe dream that somehow we're going to go to, you know, Emerson's idea view of nature. We need to accept the reality of what's coming. And since we do have a little bit of foresight, we don't need to approach this with hindsight. You know, we can go, OK these cities are going to flood and there's nothing we can do about it. But what we can do is we can move inland. We can start building proper irrigation. We can start creating cities where we don't disrupt the water table, where we take advantage of rainwater collection. Now, yes, the, these would be conversations where when you talk with people, there are plans that you know would be when they're executed, it would probably be several generations after you and I die. But unless those conversations are had, Back to the recycling issue, the climate change issue. One thing that's always bothered me about it is it's like, it's like trying to put the genie back in the bottle. Um, like no matter unless you're no matter just what, basically what you're saying is the the argument of trying to like convince a conservative that it's real or whatever is a moot point. 
the point is like it's happening. No, but let's let, wait, wait. Let's even grant it. You can let's say you can get everybody on board, and but unless you want to starve half the world's population, we right now need all the oil. We need all the ships going. We need all this production going just to keep people from starving more than they already are. We have to accept the world is going to get hotter no matter what we say. Even if it wasn't for global warming, the world's going to get hotter anyway because of just the natural cycles so of climate change. Saying, are, are you meaning the fact that like in order to cut down on emissions, you got to cut down on, say, tankers going all over the world, which in that regard would cut down on, say, supplies getting to different places that need them. It's basically the global the globalized economy as we know it. Um, if that was to basically cut down on emissions, then many people that depend on the globalized economy would not get their supplies, food, etc., and would perish. Most important would be they wouldn't get their sanitation. They wouldn't get their toilet paper. They wouldn't get their soap to wash their hands after they take a shit. Um, which I'm not even saying that as like a one thing. That's probably one of the most important things. Is yeah. not fucking take not consuming fecal matter. Hey, we don't kink shame anybody around here. One of the, well, uh, you know, I'm I'm talking when you don't do it intentionally or for a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> but well, let, nevertheless, let's let's, uh, yeah. let's come to a stopping point. I, I think the the challenges of thinking of how we can not overconsume or at least consume in a way that doesn't have. A, a, a remainder that we don't know what to do with it is going to be a challenge and it's going to be having to re rethink perspectives. And that's why I brought up climate change is we might have to say, you know what, we have to prepare for our coastal cities to flood and our coasts to relocate. And we should start, we should start working on that. Now we shouldn't, we shouldn't wait to, and the way we're going to work on that first is by having the conversation. The conversation doesn't have to be so adversarial that it's like I'm either, I'm either for the Koch brothers oil, you know, monarchy, or I'm a lefty who wants everybody to hold hands and play bongo drums. In a system controlled by these forces that, that and I'm not, you know, not smoking, you know, in back room smoking cigars forces, but just in a system that's controlled by these wealthy individuals that basically don't want to change the system because they're getting extremely wealthy I, I don't know if they necessarily don't have the foresight or don't care you're not going to convince them for sure and they're the ones basically you know paying off the politicians etc so i don't know how you sort of bridge that gap i mean you got to start you got to start by having a conversation that's what this is um fair enough because you're right you're right you're right I, I don't know how to bridge that gap too at least to bridge that gap without thinking of some kind of crazy, crazy dystopic society where, you know, everybody just murders each other. You know, no, the, the, there has to be a way where people actually sit down at the table and talk it out. <laughs>